You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Coming your way live with my fancy new two-monitor setup, it's your boy Chris O'Mealy with The Nerd Table. And I'm joined by my boys, your boys, all of our homies. To my left is the enigmatic Eric Flores. How you doing, Eric? Pretty good. How about yourself? Welcome to the Nerd Table, everyone. Yes, doing good, doing good. And to my right is the dynamic Dan Peck. To left, to the right, let's do this dance. To the left, to the left. To the right. Oh, God. Everything you own in a box to the left. Living rooms, bedrooms. Uh, I'm surprised dynamic. nobody turned that into a cheat code for a video game. Oh, yeah. They might have. It might be the simplest fucking cheat code everywhere. You're like, what's the code? Just put in a bunch of lefts. You'll get it. <laughs> You'll get what it. The code? You'll get it. Where's the box button? It's square, idiot. Square. <laughs> I think Konami had the best one because they created the Konami code. In all their games, yeah. you just you put in the code. Made famous through Contra. And if you guys don't know the code, then you obviously don't play video games because I think everybody knows the code. Yeah, it's, I mean, can you imagine back in the day trying to figure out that code without the internet? There's a lot of stuff that I go back and look at back in the day that I wonder how I did without the internet. I still can't figure out how I beat the original NES Legend of Zelda without the internet. Right? Because that oh, game is God. cryptic AF. You know what's fucked up? I can't do it now. I can't do it without time. a fucking, yeah. <laughs> the warp <laughs> whistles in Mario 3? Oh. That was those you just learned by watching a friend do it, and then you started doing it. Well, that's the thing. How did he learn? Like it all, we all learned something from our friends, or we all heard it, or or, or even or more that if it's a yellow, if there's a white box, you can fall through it and we can get to the background. Yes, yeah, seriously, yeah. who figured that one out? <laughs> First off, who's the asshole game developer that put that in? <laughs> uh, his his name is probably Japanese. His name is probably Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, actually, it probably was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Papa oh, Shigeru. Man. Papa Shigeru. Miyamoto Shigeru! The legend. Yeah, so, Eric, in uh, whenever we watch Japanese pro wrestling, because the way they announce their names is last name first, first name second, and they really, like, emphasize it, it's, it's not meant to be funny, obviously. Because it's a cultural thing, but it's also funny because they really put some emphasis on the names. And the best one ever was the Japanese wrestler, Shinsuke Nakamura, who, Dan, go ahead. How would they say, announce it? Nakamura Shinsuke! And they'd really, like, hold the Shinsuke. <laughs> but it, it was also I'm... really funny to hear because they have an English ring announcer, and he does it normal. N- normal for us, obviously. For us oh, yeah. silly Americans. Nakamura. Yeah, he does it normal. And then the Japanese guy comes in and I don't know. I, I think the Japanese voices are just way more excited than the American guys. It's because the anime. Yeah. That's the same thing <laughs> in anime, man. You watch any anime and it's, it's always the like that. They're just screaming and it's like they're way more excited about this than I am. That's one thing I appreciated about the uh, the Dragon Ball Kai series is that the voice actors didn't phone it in. 
If you go back and watch the original dubs of Dragon Ball Z, not only is the dialogue almost insufferable at times, but my God, some of the lines that delivered, you hear the comparison and you're like, oh man, why did they even, why did yeah. they think that was acceptable? Yeah, and that, then, that's then you watch the sub <laughs> you watch the subtitle version, and it's Goku just screeching. It's like okay, okay, <laughs> just screeches in Japanese. <laughs> Does well, that that you know that's that's the whole thing with like the early '90s translations of these things. Even in video games, they're they're fucking poor. But I, I'm glad that we got better with them. <laughs> uh. Yes, uh, before we went on the air, Dan actually quoted a video game that had a very poor translation. It's called Zero Wing on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> Zero Wing? I've never played it. I've played it. But you've heard the meme. It's an early meme. Pre-YouTube, yeah. pre-everything. I'll go, go ahead and say the meme, because I don't think I, I haven't tied that to a meme yet. I'll, okay. s- I'll set it up. <laughs> okay. It you! Oh god. Oh god. Someone okay. set us up the bomb. <laughs> Someone set us up the bomb. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, your base I belong to us. It's almost like somebody just took one of those auto translators and and didn't bother to proofread it. They uh well like, that appar- apparently that's the backstory is they didn't want to shell out the cash for a proper translator, and that's what they got. You have no yeah. chance to survive, make your time. <laughs> They're, oh my god, the dialogue is amazing. What's what you say? <laughs> we get signal. Main screen turn on. I know they. I well, that's. I, could, I don't think I could play a full game like that. And and honestly. Oh, you raise your. No, it's literally yeah. just an intro cutscene, and then it's just like a uh, horizontal shooter. Yeah, the, apparently the game itself is just average. It's just a shooter. I mean, it's a pretty good. I mean, it's a decent horizontal shooter, but like, yeah, like, but the intro is bananas. That's like when you're like altered beast, and then you realize the game sucks, but the <laughs> intro is just the fucking greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> you know what I always hated about the Sega Genesis, honestly, if that the big disadvantage that Sega had over Super Nintendo was the sound. List play. Play, find a game that's cross-platform and compare the two musical tracks. Super Nintendo just did way better with that's the audio. They had a Sony okay. chip because they were preparing to make their first CD-based console and then everything fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that Nintendo didn't buy the, like, you know, the PlayStation. We'll call it for what it is. Because could it you was going to be the Nintendo been... PlayStation. We, that would have led to a trend, though, of just constant expansion upgrades to consoles. And you saw how ridiculous it got with, like, the Segas. At, at some point, like, it just needed to stop. Because <laughs> Sega had a... Uh, Sega what, what, CD wasn't too bad because it was beside it. But putting the 32X as, like, a mushroom on top was like yep. what was that about and there were like 32x with the game genie on top of sonic and knuckles putting sonic 3 on top of it <laughs> yeah, yeah it could get kind of ridiculous they called it the mad scientist experiment it was like a lab experiment just i'm yeah, surprised it, was, it, it worked pretty ridiculous 
Yeah, I mean, did. people complain about the size of like the uh, Xbox uh, and the PlayStation, uh, but like honestly, take a look at that shit. It was fucking huge. Uh, yeah, especially if you had a first, the first generation Genesis. Yeah, that was massive. Well, so like on the plus side, we got the PlayStation. On the negative side, we got the CDI. Did you ever see the uh, the the one version of the CDI? Uh, Angry Video Game Nerd showed it in his video. It was one of the only ones he had that worked. It was the size of one of those old VCRs, and it was the biggest console that he owned. He put it next to the Atari 5200, which at the time was the uh, the winner. And this, that that version of the CDI beat it out. Yeah, you know, this is like er, this is like early CD-ROM thing. So like everything was humongous in there. But, but like how the how big was it compared to it? Did it like monster over it? No, but it. it it was a, it was a small victory, but still, when you see okay. them side by side, you're like, "That's a lot of space being taken up." And then here's my Nintendo Switch sitting on the table next to me that I'm just balancing in my hand because I can, and yet it's a powerful ass little system. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, right? Is Nintendo once Nintendo cornered the market on handhelds, no one else even bothered to try because everybody who tried failed. Even the Game Gear failed, and that was like the things like, well, mine's in color. It's like, yes, but you can only play for thirty minutes before you got to switch out the batteries. And man, did it eat batteries! You probably spend more in batteries in a year on a Game Gear than the actual Game Gear cost. That's where they oh, got you. I remember I had a friend that had one and he had the AC adapter and that thing was bigger than any AC adapter I've ever seen in my life. To that point, obviously. Right. I, have I, I feel like the AC, AC adapter, adapter was like the same size as an actual console AC adapter. It was like, what the fuck? It's supposed to be portable. I can't fit this in my pocket. I mean, you could back in the days because that was like around the time of those Jinkos. Remember those shit? Yeah, I never got those to. Those fucking pants. I never owned a pair. I never got to own a pair. Hey, Glenn, if you're listening. (laughs) You could fit a skateboard in there and nobody would know. (laughs) Just put it in your pocket. (laughs) Well, guys, we're 10 minutes into the show and we've gone on one hell of a rant. But that's how we're (laughs) used to start. I think that's how people are used to us starting off the uh, episodes of the Nerd Table here. By the way, this is our 25th episode. Ooh. So not that that's like a major anniversary episode or anything, but yeah, we've got 25 episodes and other than the one with technical difficulties, we've been, uh, we've been moving along pretty solidly here ever since old day one, when I went up to Eric and I was like, I want to do a podcast about nerd stuff and you need to be doing podcasts with me because you're a funny guy and you've got the right personality for it. And I was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yes. You son of a bitch. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you actually send me that Morty gift too? When we I were really did. It? You probably did. That like it was to happen like right before that. <laughs> uh, but there's lots and lots of great stuff you guys can check out on the CKCC radio channel. I just went into our account the other day and confirmed a bunch of links to a bunch of other podcasting networks. So if anybody was having any difficulty accessing our show on Apple or Google, if you were, that should be corrected. Now, I haven't had any trouble with it, but just in case. And uh, I know we have iHeartRadio. I'm going to submit us to Amazon next. I think we can oh, get yeah, us Amazon up on there. Amazon there. Ooh. And that'll give us another source for people to come in and discover us and listen. But if you are listening to the show, 
and you want to be part of the show and you have a Facebook or a Twitter, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at the Nerd Table Pod. And if you want to join our Facebook group where we openly interact with all of our listeners and supporters, go to facebook.com slash groups slash the Nerd Table Pod. Just look up the Nerd Table Pod. You'll find everything. And you can follow all the other great stuff, too, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We have Jeff Trelowitz's two shows, Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks. We have Jay Bunny's Music Hub with Jason Shin. Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton, the first of first Monday of every month, which this month happens to be the first. Because mm. February 1st is a Monday. The Bored to Death Binge Cast with the Bored to Death Clan, Jay, Chris, Zeke, Sam, and others. The Race Nerd Podcast with Matt Hardman. The Stupid Sexy Podcast with Dan and myself, where we review every Simpsons ever. And referee Matt Derline's two shows, By the Numbers and The A-Show. And when you guys have had enough and you want more, because you know always going to want more, podcasts are like uh, potato chips, can't just sample one. You can check out our partners, the Blake and Sal show and the United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, guys, last week we issued a top 10 challenge. Uh, Dan accepted one and then Eric accepted another one that popped up in our Facebook group. Did it not? It did. And I absolutely love that. It was a lot of fun trying to figure this all out. And I'm not going to lie. I actually went above 10. But these are going to be my honorable mentions. I narrowed it down to like the iconics in each game. The ones that I like playing in each game. And who I thought was fucking busted in each game. (laughs) So um, who would like to present their their challenge list first? Well, he's already set his up. All right. He did. So from our... Our listener, Brian, also known as Mancubus in our Among Us games, he wanted, he actually tried to challenge all three of us. Uh, Dan stepped aside to let Eric have this one, and I don't know enough about fighting games to really have a good educated list. Yeah, I'm not because really I don't, a fighting game person. I could put together a list, though. I could. But the, the big gamer among the three of us, of course, is Eric, and he was just like, I'm on it. <laughs> so Eric created his top 10 fighting game characters. And as Brian specified, this could be from any franchise from Mortal Kombat to Street Fighter and also open to things like Marvel versus Capcom and Injustice. So you had a lot to choose from. I really would did. you like to present your list because I'm excited to hear this. Yes. OK, so I'm going to break this down into a few different categories. So I'm going to start off with probably the most famous fighting game of all time, which is Street Fighter. Right. It really comes down to Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. It doesn't like to me, they're both top tier, but I'm going to start with Street Fighter. Clay Fighter. <laughs> now, the all, most iconic. All 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The most iconic fighter to me in that is it really comes down to three. Right. You got Ryu. You got Ken, and you got Akuma. Right. Now, as far as my favorite, it's got to be Ryu. I've always liked Ryu and and whatnot, even though, you know, Akuma is better in every single way, really. Uh, Ryu is my guy. Uh, But as far as fucking 
like busted people, there's there's three, right? And Akuma's one of them. Like when Akuma first came out, he was like a hidden character or whatnot. He was busted in that game. I can't remember which uh, Street Fighter he came out in, but he was just fucking like boss mode. Like you picked him, you you were going to win, or if anybody else picked him, you were going to lose. Um, but then you had Bison, who was a fucking cheating bitch, and anybody <laughs> who plays Street Fighter knows it. And whoever picks him as their favorite character, you can go fuck yourself. That's that's fucked up. But even more, busted Akuma's than him debut is Guile. Akuma's debut is Super yeah. Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yeah, like Championship then, Edition, the new. <laughs> Guile, I I honestly had to fight between Guile and uh and what's his name Sagat, but I had to go with Guile because he had this one uppercut kick move that will take up half the screen. You couldn't get to him forward, you couldn't get to him from above, and if you were already in the air, you were fucked. And that's all he had to do was spam that shit over and over again, and you lost. <laughs> well, I mean that's John Claude Van Damme for you. Yeah. And that was just like, that was his move, and uh, he was just busted for that particular reason. It's just a one move spam that you you really had nothing that you could do about it. Like you, the the only chance that you had was to hopefully get him in a corner, block his attack, and then while he's in mid air, do a combo to like get him to stop. But the moment he lands, he can instantly do that combo again. And I think they changed it up where you had to hold down for two seconds or something like that in one of the first, like other games. But even then, it was still busted. Uh, so I'm looking so, at the, uh, the list of Street Fighter characters here. And I, I understand why 2 became so popular because in the original 1987 Street Fighter, you could only play as Ryu or Ken and everybody else was CPU only. Yeah, but that kind of, that had to suck a little bit. Well, Ryu and Ken were basically the same fucking character, just different colors. Uh, yeah. Swap. That was pretty basically, much it. Yeah. And Do you know Ken has a last name? Out? Masters. Uh, Ken Masters. Yes. And then I could Ryu. have picked like Chung Lee and put him uh, put her in this group because her kicks are stupid. And if you get corner, uh, if you get cornered, that's it. It's over. Especially what about Kenny? Uh, it's fun to look at. <laughs> 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 not, not particularly like Cammy and the rest of them Kinda are nerd. actually pretty decent. Uh, like they're fair champs, right? If you lose to them, you know why you lost. But they they can be countered easily. The only other ones that are like. Even Sagat, like, if you lost to him, it was probably because of his, like, tiger, tiger, tiger. That's all you fucking heard. Tiger, tiger, tiger. 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 Right. And, um, but you could dodge him. And you you would, you could still get up to him to do damage, is what I'm trying to say. Even though he's spamming that shit. Dalsim, he's got longer range than everybody, but he's still... His attacks take too long. His animations are too long. So you can still get to him. And, and the same with all these other ones. Vega was a pretty cheating bitch, but 
even even so, he's pretty. Unless the stage has a fence, you're all right. <laughs> you're gonna do okay. If there's a fence, ah, fuck, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's my Street Fighter. So I'm gonna I'm only gonna pick two from there, and I'm gonna say most iconic, Ryu, and the person that I thought was the most busted, uh, Guile. Alright. Okay. Now, let's move on to the second most scene in the movie where M. Bison is talking to Chun Li and he says that for you, the greatest day in your life was the day M. Bison came to your town. But for me, it was Wednesday. (laughs) My favorite was uh, (laughs) Zangief at Badenon and Wreck It Ralph. I am Zangief. Oh. I am bad guy. Hi, Zangief. <laughs> that was, yeah. And then, um, uh, and I love that they got all of the actual voice actors for the American games to voice the characters in that movie. Yeah, so, that was pretty great. Other than Zangief, like, that was actually M. Bison, Ken, and Ryu's voice actors. Because, yeah, we, we got to gotta be accurate right plus the 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 end credit scene is the best when ralph and vanellope are going through all the video games and they destroy the car you remember that the bonus stage destroyed the car and then ralph jumps into the arena with blanca and blanca destroys him immediately (laughs) i would choose that with blanca and just start electrocuting the car it starts falling apart yeah blanca (laughs) blanca was like Easy mode for that car destruction stage. It's Basically. Like, how fast can you tap this button? There we go. Pretty fucking fast, bruh. Alright, now, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat probably is the most broken, unfair fucking game that I've ever played before <laughs> Before Mortal Kombat 3. Anything after <laughs> Mortal Kombat 3 is pretty balanced. Before Mortal Kombat 3, fuck that game. Fuck that game. <laughs> Dude, I, I played the absolute hell out of uh, Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, but I've tried to go back and play the original one, and I just can't do it. I'm so bad at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, 3, or Ultimate 3, is probably the last unfair game, and then after that, everything has kind of gotten better. And, Most and iconic, Ultimate 3... Ultimate 3 and Trilogy were my jams, man. Yeah. I think we can all agree it comes down to two ninjas, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I think everybody would agree that those are the iconic characters. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would have picked Rep. Name a more iconic duo. I wish. (laughs) Goku, Vegeta. (laughs) And here I am just thinking that it's obviously Noob Saibot. Noob Saibot? Oh, fuck it. (laughs) Smoke. Smoke. Now, now I will say, anybody who's played the original three, right, they will understand this fucking pain. The most busted champ is not Goro. It's not Shang Mm -hmm. Sun or whatever. It's not Liu Kang. It is, Mm -hmm. however... Raiden. For a fact, it is fucking Raiden. Because anybody who gets pinned to the fucking wall by Raiden and has that spam whatever the fucking move (laughs) he does. And you know what I'm talking about. Yep. 
it's it's so stupid because he knocks you down you hit the back right you hit the the end screen or whatever and then you're falling and while you're falling he's resetting so by the time you're getting up his reset's over and he can spam that most of my he's fucking, a, yeah he's the god of thunder uh and then and on top of that roll. on top of that they decided to fix him by the time mortal kombat 3 ish came out i can't remember but then they gave that same fucking move to kano and he had that same shit where he could just turn into a ball. It was basically Raiden's move, but he was a ball. And then yeah. they fixed that. And they're just like, hey, you know what would be fair? Let's make uh, Scorpion an ability to like teleport behind the character. So even if you're blocking, which the normal block at the time was just hold back. Now you're facing forward and he'll punch you right in the fucking face. <sighs> There's Hell a lot yeah. of anger in Mortal Kombat for me. So I will say, most iconic to me between Sub Zero and Scorpion is Scorpion, and my favorite is Scorpion. But the most busted would I have to give it to Raiden, even though I haven't played any of the new ones because of that shit. Like anytime I play an old school Mortal Kombat game, I'm just like, if you pick Raiden, I'm not playing, because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not fair. Man, I remember playing. I would play uh, Scorpion until I lose, and then I'd switch to Sub Zero, and then I'd finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, one one thing I've always, I, I think that Street Fighter overall is a better fighting game than Mortal Kombat, but I've oh, always yeah. enjoyed the finishing moves in Mortal Kombat. Right. Even though some of them I really suck at executing, I've to this day never executed an animality. Because they're almost fucking impossible. <laughs> but um, but can I, we all agree that the babalities were stupid? Yes. They, yes, they were. You turn no him into a that. baby? Okay. Just, okay. I honestly don't like anything other than a normal fatality. The animalities were like, okay, well, we're that. We're the friendships were hysterical. Okay, Friendship friendships are funny. Again? Friendships were hysterical. Where Sub Zero makes the snowman. <laughs> like, I always I'm thought that's your ass. And here's a snowman. Yeah, here's a snowman. Friendship. Um, Plus, and can we can we give a shout out to the toasty guy? I mean, we have to. Oh, right? toasty! Yes. I still, then, to this day, will go get over here. It's the most iconic Mortal Kombat sound and then if he fails a couple times like, let's say get the fuck over here <laughs> goro was pretty beast goro had this like could take half your health in two hits but he was slow and bulky so i i you know it's whatever but that would be it for me man like uh i, I it's it's all the same character for me it's all scorpion with raiden so three from Street Fighter. That's two from Mortal Kombat. That's I'm down five, and as you can tell, I've already named more than ten just between those two. Now let's go <laughs> on to another fighter, which people are familiar with, and it's not a typical fighter. It's Battle Royale, Super Smash Brothers. Ah. Now there's there's a bunch of fucking Smash Brothers people, so I'm gonna try to like. 
there's a lot. I'm going to tell you who I think is fucking busted right to begin with. Including a couple of characters you've already named. Right. Yes. yes. That's true. Uh, I'll just throw this out here real quick before you get to the list. My day one-ish fighter is still Pikachu. Because when the original Smash Brothers came out, I was really hardcore into the Pokemon franchise at that time. So I always picked Pikachu. And he just, as a result, became my favorite fighter. And if you're going to talk about Broken, please mention Kirby. That's who I was picking. Yes, please mention Kirby. Kirby's the most broken fucking champ. The only person that I think who can beat Kirby, and it, it was back in the original ones, I don't even know if he could still do this, is Yoshi. Because if he eats you near the end of the fucking stage, you just turn into an egg and fall off and there's nothing you can do. He just shits you on the other side of the stage. Yeah. Careful about a Yoshi near the edge. But Kirby's fucking broken. Because if, <laughs> once you think you're about to get hit in the air and knocked off, you just turn into a stone and then you come down. Like it's it get knocking off Kirby in the air is impossible if you play Kirby correctly. Yeah. It really is, yeah. I nine times out of ten, if you die in the air, it's your fucking fault. You you thought you were near the ground or you would hit the ground when you turned into that ceiling and then you just fell to your death. That that's nine nine out of ten. You killed yourself. Nobody kills you. You killed your fucking self. The the one character I never could get used to was Ness. I always really struggled with him because if I fell off the edge, I could never get the PK Thunder to launch me the right way. So I generally just died as Ness. Hmm. I never actually played him. I don't think about it. Uh, apparently, if you can master him, he's really good, but it takes a lot of skill to master him. Okay. So, most iconic for Smash Brothers. I mean, come on, it's Mario. I don't like yeah. it, it's Mario. At this point, you could just say it's the entire like Nintendo lineup. I would argue that the most iconic Smash Brothers characters are the main Nintendo franchise players from the original game, period. Yes. And, and when I say that, I specifically mean Mario, Link, Kirby, Samus, Pikachu. Because I, uh, no disrespect to someone like Fox, but I don't think he's as iconic outside the Nintendo universe as those characters are. I mean, let's be real. Everybody knows Mario. Everybody knows Link. Everybody knows Pikachu. And I think everybody even knows Kirby. Donkey Kong. Yeah. Everybody knows Donkey Kong. Yoshi. But would Fox be as recognizable as Yoshi? I'm. I'm. No. I'd wager no. No. There is one person um that i would like to add into this and they're they're most iconic because of their fucking move set and he's also my favorite to play that's captain falcon ah show me your moves falcon punch whenever you're at low per or high percentage rather whenever you're at high percentage and you hear falcon punch you're about to you're dead fuck and then when they put Ganondorf in the game, his punch was just as was even more powerful. And if you could right. get if Ganondorf rude back on you and you were high percentage, you were done. Yeah. Every time. Every time. So. Yeah. Who who are your champs that you, I know you said that you play Pikachu, but like everybody's got more than one. 
So let's say um, what's your three. Okay. Well, I got the list in front of me. I'll try to I'll try to come up with my three. I've always really liked Pikachu. Uh, in the new game in Ultimate, I found I'm really good with Bayonetta, which is I, which is funny because I've never even played that game. But she seemed like a badass, and she has some really crazy ass moves. And I just got really, really good with her. And I was like, okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go for this one then. Yeah, obviously, Abstractor because that's a kids' game, right? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Um, but then I also discovered I was. I, I I played this character on a whim because I was in, I'm really into the game just to see what the character was like. And then I started kicking everyone's ass. And that was Isabel from Animal Crossing. And I just started wrecking everyone with Isabel. And I'm like, you know what? That's not what I was expecting. But this is even more humiliating because she does everything with a big <laughs> smile on her face. And she just kills everyone in sight. That's <laughs> Bowser... Bowser, get fucked. Isabel just kicked your ass. Where were you on that one, Mario? That's funny. That's too funny. Um, I've also, and I've also, uh, uh, just a quick shout out. I used to play as Roy a lot in Melee. Yeah. And I was pretty good with him. Roy and Marth. I was better with Roy than Marth. Dan, were you a Smash Brothers guy or not? No, I never even hit a. I haven't even had a Nintendo console until the Wii. <laughs> man, we need to get you to play Smash, man. We'll, need, we'll have to, like, do some Fun. sort of streaming thing or cloud gaming or whatever. See if we can get him a copy of Smash. Well, I do know you have a Switch currently? My sister does. I don't. Okay. Well, we'll figure uh, something it- out. Also, Incineroar was fun, too, because I had to play as a Pokemon with a wrestling belt. And that's actually a pretty fun character to play as. All right. So here are my my three champs. One, I play Kirby. So, yeah. Uh, You son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. He's so broken, but I love him. He is broken. That's why I fucking play him. If you can't beat him, pick him. (laughs) That's, That's how it goes. Son of a it, bitch. It, it, just watch a whole bunch of fucking Kirby's fighting it out. Different colored Kirby's. It, it's hilarious and sad. <laughs> um, so Kirby is my number one. He's my go-to. There's Captain Falcon. Uh, he's my second. And then my, my third is uh, uh, Bowser. Really? Are you good with Bowser? Because I've always thought he was kind of a slug. He is, but he hits really hard. And his, um, the next time you, like, play him, if you do decide to play him, when you block, try to turn around before you block. Because no matter which direction you get hit from, you always move backwards. So if you ever need to do a little gap close, face the other way as you're, uh, right before you block. When you get hit, you move closer to them, and then you can grab them and do your fucking moves. The thing with Bowser is you need to grab people. <laughs> well, his, we, his playing Mario ridiculous. games my whole life, Bowser really does like to grab that princess. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's just part of his iconic moves. <laughs> <laughs> his, like, he grabs and throws, and it's fucking ridiculous. All right, who's your, uh, who's your Smash Brothers character that just sucks ass? 
that I suck ass with. Yeah, like you just you just can't do watch. it no matter how much. Yes, yes, Game and Watch. Game and Watch. I, yeah, holy shit! I cannot get used to him as a character. Um, and I haven't tried any of the like some of the new people. Like, um, what's that? Do you Batman have guy? Do you have Ultimate? I do not. Oh, uh, see, like, you have to get it because playing as Ken and Ryu is so much fun. But also, you have to get it just to play as the uh, the Castlevania characters too. Are they in there now too? I oh try. yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll have to pick it up. I'll pick it up. Damn it. Oh, you can make like a ska singer and pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> um. All right. So Dude, yeah, that's that's my, that's my that's off in it. How do you not have this by now? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, Simon and Richter have almost the same move sets, but they're so much fun to play as because. And what you need to do is you need to put Captain Falcon in there against Ryu so it can be Falcon Punch Hadouken! Falcon Punch Hadouken! Back and forth. Alright, so. Now Let's that we've Shen down, we got Street Fighter out of the way. We got Mortal Kombat out of the way. We got Smash Brothers out of the way. Yep. I got two more franchises before I make my <clears throat> this, I'm, I'm narrowing it down by franchises, and then out of those franchises, I'm going to pick the ultimate winner. Okay. And, and we'll come back around to Smash Brothers. Actually, I don't have it out of the way. I'm going to save one. But it, it's not a playable character, so I don't know if that will actually count. But he's fucking busted as hell. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Master the fucking hand? hand. It's the fucking hand. I'm going to say it. Oh, now. yeah. The fucking hand is stupid. Especially uh, when he calls in his backup brother. And yeah. now you got you got to fight two hands at once. So next one, I'm going Killer Instinct. Figures, I was actually going to say, if you, I was actually wondering if you're going to go with Killer Instinct because I never, I only ever played old. I think I only ever played the one on N64. Okay, yeah, and there, a good one. there's only three Killer Instincts, so it's not like, yeah, <laughs> it's. If you like the Killer Instincts game, believe it or not, there's uh, you can get it for free on Windows from the Windows Store. It's 100% free. You just go and download mm. it. <clears throat> um, I think you can even pick it up on Steam now because I think it's all cross stuff. The one where it's free and you have like two free fighters and like every week there's a different fighter you can play right. as or you can right. play so later. It, it is like League of Legends, right? So, like, let's say you absolutely love a certain character, you can buy that character, and that's where they get you on the. But if you already know which characters you fucking like, you just buy that, and you don't have to worry about it. It's like you spend five bucks on, let's say, uh, two two characters or something like that, and then they come out with different skins to make them look different inside the game and whatnot. But back to Killer Instinct. There's two people, hands down. Or busted, uh, and that's Saberwolf and Cinder. And I'm 100% okay. a Cinder player, and Cinder is one of those 100 to 0 characters where all you have to do is there's a, a certain combo, as long as you don't mess it up, it's an infinite combo, and you can go from 100% to 0% the enemy 
in a few seconds and there's nothing they can do about it if you if you successfully land the first hit and you don't mess up your combo you can 100 to zero somebody you really are one of those (laughs) (laughs) but high risk high reward if they block that first hit or if you fuck up that combo you are open like (laughs) why the fuck open but just there's nothing better than sitting down on the couch next to your friend and you like 100 to 0 them and they just look at you like they want to punch you in real life (laughs) they're like why the fuck did I play this game this is why we play games online now so yeah because (laughs) because I mean just just as a reference point there was the one time we were playing among us and you followed me through the whole level and then you fucking killed me and then disappeared. <laughs> and I was so mad at you <laughs> that I probably could have smacked the shit out of you if you were sitting on the couch next to me. Fortunately, you weren't. You're several, <laughs> several miles for, away. For, fortunately, there are entire states separating, separating <laughs> us. Because I really oh, wanted to smack you for that one. See, I don't know a lot about the Killer Instinct character, so you're going to have to enlighten me as to who or what Cinder is. Okay, so Cinder is literally, think of uh, Johnny Storm, right? Just a fire being. Okay. Um, and he does really quick, yet very small damage combos. But his thing is like he's really fast where you could pull off these infinite combos without reset. So like, let's say a particular, no example like uh, from the game because I can't think of his infinite combo anymore. But let's say the last button press on a combo is A and you know of a, a new combo and the first button on that combo is A, you can link it together. And then let's say that second combo ends on a, a B or whatever. And you know of another combo that can link uh, that starts on a B, you can link it together. So he, there's literally an infinite combo, and I think it's like a, a three a three combo um, combo type of thing. So it's a chain. as long as you're yeah, it's a chain basically. So as long as you're chaining them together, you have infinite chains of Cinder. But even though they do small damage, if they can't do anything and you have an infinite chain going. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you don't fuck it up, you're going to win. So listening to you come up with all these strategies makes me realize how easy it was for GameStop to screw up the stock market. Because once you figure it out, you can just have whatever you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell and me it's the I'm same... wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same with Saber Wolf. So Saber Wolf is probably the only exception to... um to Cinder's block or uh, chain combo because Cinder Wolf has this like um I don't know if he still has it. He's but, a werewolf, right? Saber Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, he's a werewolf. He's got this this combo it's where Saber Wolf. If like let's say I get attacked, it's like a counter basically. It's a, it's exactly what it is. It's a counter, but you got to fucking time it with Cinder because you have to know when he's about to push a certain button. And then once you do, you know, when he's about to push that certain button, you push yours and you can counter it and then you can do your own combo. Um, so Saber Wolf is a counter to Cinder if you already know how Cinder plays and where he's at in his infinite combo. 
Jeez. Outside of that, though, he's garbage. No, he's <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking through their list now. They got a Battletoads in, in Killer Instinct. Oh, got, do they? Which one? Yeah, they, they got Rash. Rash from Battletoads is in here. Cool. Okay. Oh, this is pretty cool. You know what? I might actually have to download it and play it again. But the, the, I just the, remember Cinder and Cyberwolf from the originals and thinking to myself, fuck that. Okay. All right. Killer Instinct. Good good trip down memory lane. And just to spoil nothing, we all know that your last one is Kabuki Ninja on the Atari Jaguar. That's that one, that tattoo one or whatever, where they get the powers from tattoos. No. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> My last one comes to Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, see, I, I was I was hoping you were going to say Full House Tournament Edition on Super Nintendo. Oh, my God. And Uncle Joey <laughs> is my go-to. Get fucked. Jesse. Yeah, have mercy, Daddy. <laughs> so, Dragon Ball, we have to acknowledge that the most iconic people is going to be Goku and Vegeta. All right, so whatever. They're the most iconic. Now, where my personal favorite is also one of the most busted champs in the game, and that's Hit. If you ever watched the... Yeah, I know who Hit is. Okay. Dan, he, do you so know who Hit is? Dan doesn't know Dragon Ball. He he, he knows Never of even, Dragon Ball. Okay. Never Hit. Even heard. Hit is an assassin who can manipulate time. So basically what he does is when you're coming at him with a move, he time skips several seconds into the future, so he's already out of range of your hit. What a pussy. How do they do that in a video game? Uh, very well, well actually. Well, very well. That's part of the busted thing. I actually That's... have Fighter Z on the Switch. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure you fought him enough to know he, he's fucking stupid. Well, like now the next question is that you have to ask me how, how much I've actually spent time playing the game. Because uh-huh. it's part of my backlog. So, Oh, okay. Well... You'll find out then once you play it. You'll find. Oh, out. I had a feeling hit would be unfair. Yeah, hits unfair. There's a couple of uh, champs that are in there that are unfair. Um, my my number one, who I personally think is unfair, is Krillin. Of all the people, how is Krillin unfair? He's short, so his hitbox is really fucking small. So if you pick somebody super big and you use an up attack or like not an up attack, but yeah, let's say you're coming down from a, a jump or whatever and you and you want to kick. You're not going to hit him, right? Unless you time it really well. <clears throat> and he's got sensu beans. That's not fair. Because they right? always make him carry the sensu beans. What <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. So you pick the three champs, right? One of them is Krillin. One of them is Hit. And then you can pick whoever that you want. Normally for me, it's like Zamasu or whatever. How's Jiren in the game? I don't... I haven't really tried him. I don't even know if he's in the game, to be perfectly honest. I haven't played it in a while. He he feels like he would be the most unfair. Right. Just take all the hits and like, no, I'm stronger just because. And the real champ is Yajirobe. <laughs> um, funny enough, Master Roshi is pretty good. Well, that's the thing, right? Is like Master Roshi kind of got a redemption storyline in in uh, in Super because he sort of came back and 
<laughs> he sort of came back and just kicked a bunch of asses. And he even, like, he even got props from Beerus after he got eliminated from the tournament. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the DLC... Um, what's it called? The DLCs. So I, I'm trying to think of when he actually came out. Because he wasn't on release. I think he was like a September release. Yeah. And I honestly still don't... Like, I... <clears throat> I'm trying to think if I played him on a like early access thing or not, or if he's actually fully a, a, a released. Chun. I'm looking at the the list of characters now and like who came out with uh, pass one, two, and three. And oh, Kefla is part of pass three. That's pretty cool. Is is she okay? Yep. <clears throat> Matt, I think Matt uh, was pass two, right? Holy crap. Past two. No, past. He was past three. Past two, you could have gotten Brawly, Janimba, and Jiren. That would have been insane. For people who know Dragon Ball, that's like as much unfair as you can possibly get. And Gogeta. Right? You know, I would have loved to see a fight between Brawly and Janimba. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite movies is the Janimba one. It's so good. We got Vegito. We got Vegito out of it. Yeah. Captain. Or not, not Vegito. Uh, Gogeta. We got Gogeta out of it. Gogeta. Oh, Yamcha. <laughs> is, is Yamcha so, just the weakest character? <laughs> now, out of all of them together, who do I think is the most iconic fighter out of all that out of fighting Vegeta. games oh out of all of them out of honestly all of them. i think the answer should be scorpion yes yeah on uh, i 100% agree with you the most iconic fighter like... out of fighting games out of fighting games i'm not saying that they would win cuz if this was like a versus thing I think everybody would be completely wiped by just anybody in fighters. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's really unfair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Sub-Zero can probably pull your spine out of your out of your body. But Goku can just easily destroy the universe at this point. You're going to get Roshi to show up and destroy the, the moon, man. Yeah, Beerus will just get pissed and just blow up the universe because fuck it. <laughs> because yes, why? Fuck not? It. it. It's funny to think that sometimes the Earth is only saved because of desserts. You know what? I relate I, to that on a spiritual yeah, level. Like, uh, how about <laughs> in real life for that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a spiritual relationship I have with that mindset. Oh, that's great. <laughs> So the most busted and who I think would win out of any fight would have to go to uh, out of who I picked would have to be hit. Okay. Right. Because like time skipping is just bullshit. And then um, the person that I feel like if if this was a mashup of all these games that I would enjoy playing uh, would probably be Kirby. Because I would love to see Kirby swallow hit 
and do time skip rocks on people. Just put so yeah, put make it a triple threat hit versus Kirby, <laughs> and then throw in uh throw in Scorpion. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but the, the, I guess those will be my top three. I'm not going to include um, Killer Instinct. I I honestly just thought of franchises at first, and then I'll realize, oh, this list is going to be way too fucking big. <laughs> I'm oh, going to yeah. have way more than ten. But I yeah, enjoy talking looks... about this. So, but that's my list. Number one, top of the list, probably going to be best, uh, uh, most iconic fighter of all time, Scorpion. Well, there you go. Okay, Dan. Let's what? talk Doctor Who. Doctor Who. So you might actually know what I'm talking about. Huh? I do. I watch Doctor Who. You watch the Doctor Who? I watch the Doctor from time to time. Oh, I see. Does he get a little wibbly wobbly, timey wimey? Yep. <laughs> well, it's time for Dan's number 10 favorite best Doctor Who episodes. Yay! Let me clear a thing here. All right. At number 10 is Army of Ghosts slash Doomsday two-parter ending season two of the new series. Where they come back to Earth. David Tennant is your doctor. They come back to Earth, and people have been seeing their loved, their dead loved ones as ghosts. And they eventually realize that it's Cybermen! And then Daleks show up, and then they fight each other, and then Rose gets left in another parallel universe. Uh, yes, the infamous. I love. Or, or no, he doesn't even get to the the I love. He's going to say it, though. The love story. <laughs> the love story that never was. And it happens at Torchwood because they have a Dalek and because they're dumb. Yes. And it's great. And it ends with things. And Rose leaves to come back for a couple specials. So, is Rose also your favorite companion? No. I didn't hear that. What? Was it yes or no? No. No. Okay. Who's your favorite companion? Sarah's my favorite companion. Okay. I I have a favorite companion who's not really a companion, but he is, if that makes any sense. Your favorite companion handles? No. My favorite companion is Roy. If we're talking about love stories, becoming a centurion and and watching over Pond for that long, hands down, best companion. Yes. The Rory. All right. Our number nine is Blink, where David Tennant is a doctor, but he's barely in the episode. This is the first episode with the Weeping Angels. This is a good oh, one. Oh, that is a good one. And it stars Carrie Mulligan. And her first thing that she's known for, mainly doing, and it's almost only her, 
and there's like some insane shops shots in the thing because he's she's like the first time I think she's in the house is literally she turns around and you can if you pay attention in the background the angels have moved in the same shot. Oh, that's awesome. You can see them with their hands down, and then when she turns around and faces them, you can see them in the background with their hands over their eyes. So they moved even in like a half a second turnaround of the same shot. It's so well done. And then it ends with them being like, hey, everybody, every statue could be one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. basically. (laughs) You're just like, God damn it. Oh, great. You know, you know that an image of a weeping angel it becomes a weeping <laughs> angel, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, a great thing about that episode, too, is it's also if the camera, a- aka if the audience could see the angel, it can't move. Yeah, the an- so, you never once see an angel move. That's the key, right? Yeah, because even the viewer, they can't, even the viewer seeing it will make it not move. Oh, it's so fucking smart and great. Such a fun episode, and the doctor's hardly in it. And it's he gets amazing. the wibbly wobbly timey wimey speech. Did you ever see the thing? It was a meme. It was uh, somebody had set their. Uh, their friend's computer background to an, a shots of the weeping angels, but also set it on that timer thing where the background changes. So the next time they minimize their screen, the angel was right up in the, in the monitor's face and they had a fucking heart attack. Oh man. They're like, did you know that you can set your backgrounds to change on a timer? Because no one told me. I had like hundreds of pictures that it would switch every like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, I just got. I monitor one has Harley Quinn. Monitor two has Among Us. That's mine. Is literally just like the New Japan logo in the middle, and everything else is just black. <laughs> because I don't want to be wasting power with my background. Like how many universities wasted so much power because they were just default on the Google homepage, which is like ninety nine point nine percent just white. Yup. Uh, that'll that'll destroy your monitor. Destroy your monitor, waste so much power, because it just means that the light is just on full bore all day. Well, as long as you don't have an OLED, they'll probably last longer. <laughs> it's really... Well, yeah, I mean, it's about, like, that's like retro CRT kind of stuff going on, but even, even with, like, a modern TV, it's still wasting power. Yeah. Modern screens. Just constant wipe. Also, I'm at the point where, like, I can't stand that much white in the background. Oh, yeah, me neither. If it has dark mode, I'm using it on dark mode. Uh, I'm 100%. at the point where, I, I'm like, even if it doesn't have dark mode, I'm getting an app for my browser that dark modes it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have my number eight is Heaven Sent slash Hellbent. Peter Capaldi, uh, his second series finale, where uh, Clara has died. Oh, I don't and know. This one. He has to. He ends up inside this weird in this weird thing, and ends up being like the uh, uh, Time Lords like device for 
like when you're gonna die and it's it's a chance for you to like confess all your whatever all your everything's of your lives or whatever and instead of doing what he's supposed to do he uh purposefully punches at a block of like frozen crystal for thousands of years and so (laughs) he's stuck in a time loop you slowly learn over the episode what's going on but he's stuck in a time loop and what what happened is every day he like wakes up and he descends this tower and he runs around and he there's this thing chasing him that if it even touches him he like dies and he gets to a point where he gets to this crystal thing and he has no way to do anything about it so he just punches it and so he punches it for five minutes and then the thing kills and then the next day he wakes up again up in the tower and he has to come down, go through everything, figure out everything all over again, oh, and then God. punch the thing for five minutes and then he gets killed. And he does oh, this God, for Groundhog Day. He does this for over yeah, a thousand basically. years. But he can't Jesus. remember anything that he's done before. So he does this for like a thousand years. Oh yeah, and every day like everything gets put back to wherever it was. So like even if you move something in it's oh it's crazy. But at the end of the episode, he finally breaks through after like a thousand years. He finally breaks through and gets out the door. And he's back home in Gallifrey. And you're like, holy shit, what? And he was inside his little little thing. And he took the really long route to get back home because he's trying to save Clara. And then the next episode is he goes crazy to try to save Clara. Gets uh, They have some kind of instance thing where they can bring someone from like the moment they die, and Clara is now permanently suspended in the last heartbeat of her lifetime for the rest of eternity, and he goes in and he like pretty much takes over the uh, Time Lord uh, government and everything. And... Rassilon tries to get him killed by firing squad, but no one will shoot him because he's the hero of the war. Oh, so great stuff. And Capaldi, again, that one episode, it's Capaldi by himself with like a smoke monster. It's fucking great. He's the best actor that's ever been the doctor. That is a, that is a great episode. <clears throat> Number seven is The Day of the Doctor. This is the 50th anniversary special. I've seen this. This is a good one. Yeah. They bring in John Hurt to play the doctor that was the doctor during the war. Because they couldn't get Eccleston. Because they couldn't get Eccleston. Although Eccleston is back. He's doing the audio stuff. So he, we might see him actually physically show up for an anniversary show sometime, maybe. Because things have turned around for, with him and, and them. So I never understood the whole thing with him. Did they just not want him or he did not want him? No, he just did not have a good time making the show. (laughs) While he enjoyed the character work and the acting he did, he just didn't enjoy his time on the show overall. Which, I mean, they were also trying to reboot a show that hadn't been on in (laughs) like 15 years. (laughs) Yeah. So the whole... The whole concept of the Torchwood show is that that's the Doctor universe, but he's dead, right? No, he's just not. No, there. it's the stuff that they had to it's do. It's alternate. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Was, um, I, what's his I name? It's, it's Captain Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah, Jack and a crew of people. This is like after Torchwood was awful with that what, with the Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, 
and they're just re- they're just trying to redo it with like a group of five six people, and it's oh it's it has some great moments, but then like overall it's just it's not the same. It doesn't feel as as good. Um, most fucked up is an early episode where they run into a family of cannibals, and they finally take them down, and they ask the leader of the cannibals why they eat people. And he said, because it made me happy. And the episode ends, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, I'm sure that makes a lot of people happy who've done that before. Sometimes that's the only answer you're going to get, even though it's fucked up. I ate his liver. (laughs) Sometimes I get asked why I do the things I do. And the only response I have is... It seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh, that's one of your classic lines. We've had that one happen at the parks before. Yeah. So the day of the doctor is... It's dealing with when the war doctor decides to just end the war and he's going to set off a doomsday device to just destroy everything. But at the same time, the 10th and 11th doctor stumbled upon a Zygon plot. And they have to teach the war doctor to be nice again and at the same time try to find out an alternate plan. Gotta teach him to love again. And it's so fucking great. Um, And then there's the scene towards the end where they synchronize all the doctors to help freeze Gallifrey in time and you just have... Uh, on the screens of every doctor. And then they're just like, oh no, all 12 of them? And then they go, no sir, all 13! And then there's Capaldi's eyes. Because we had already known that Matt Smith was leaving soon and Capaldi was going to be the new doctor. So they threw him in there. So they threw him in there. Oh, so great. It's so fun. It's number seven on my list. Number six is the Pandorica open slash the Big Bang. It's a Matt Smith episode that's finished his first series. Um, this one is mainly here because he gives this rousing speech, and I fucking love it, and I cry every time. Because essentially, the world is going to end, and every bad guy in Doctor Who history believes it's because of the Doctor. It's going to be because the TARDIS explodes and it ends the universe. And so they've developed the Pandorica, a thing to lock him away for the rest of history. And it's literally like every, there's like literally every bad guy shows up. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's a June ship and there's a dollar ship and there's a Cyberman ship and all this shit. And, Oh, and he tells, he gives the great speech. Oh, it's one of my favorite moments. I think what's great about that is that it's literally all the bad guys trying to do a good thing. They, they yeah. think they're doing a good thing. Doesn't the villain always think they're doing good when they're no, not? No, they all, like, some of them just do it for selfish reasons, right? Like, everybody can look at the like, like the Daleks and the Cybermen and be like, okay, yeah, you're evil pricks. But they're all, like, but... trying to save the universe at this point. And they think it all comes down to that moment. So they lock the Doctor in, but then they make a switcheroo and Amy gets put in. And then Rory is dead, but because, oh, it's so crazy. Like, this is the part I don't really like, because it's just like, 
oh, everything's based on Amy's recollection of her time with the Doctor, right? So, like, Rory's alive again, but he's not. He's an autumn. Right? And it gets a little weird, especially in the Big Bang, but... To, like, this ranks just because that speech in the first episode is just fun, so fucking fantastic. Oh, it's so good. And this is... They have to wait like thousands of years like tens of thousands of years or whatever and it's literally Rory becomes like changes hit with whoever he is to do it and at the end it's he's a security guard at the museum that the Pandorica is in yeah and That's the, they, they make sure you. they make sure that young Amy Pond who is played by her cousin her young cousin comes to the place at one time because if she touches the Pandorica, it'll open because the DNA key. Oh, it's crazy shit. So good. So yeah, he like watches over his wife for like 10,000 years. And then they have to reboot the entire universe based on her memories of her time with the doctor. It's crazy. As memories by Maroon 5 plays in the background. Sure. I have no idea if that's not. Anyway, number five is the and this the doctor's wife was written by Neil Gaiman, and the doctor gets snuck away to some place on the edge of the universe in time itself, and and a uh, somebody puts the heart and soul and whatever of the TARDIS into a woman, and the doctor gets to actually physically have time with the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. And they get to have conversations and stuff, and that's fucking really good. We'll have conversations worth having. Wait, is this the one where, like, um, he has to open a locket to remember who he was? No. I'm thinking of... That's also really good, but that's not on this list. Okay. It's like the Family of Blood or whatever, something the Family of Blood... This is the one where House has sent him and he's put the yeah, he's put it into a woman. And she talk and she and the TARDIS talks about how no no no, you didn't steal me, I stole you. I stole a time lord, so I could have adventures. And it's just so good it, it explore it explores the uh relationship dynamic of the TARDIS and the Doctor. Yeah. It's so well done. It's Neil Gaiman. So good. Do you ever see a? Because Eric, you watch Big Bang Theory. Do you ever see Neil Gaiman's cameo on Big Bang Theory? Uh no, I haven't seen anything really past season three. Oh, it's it's great. They're at the comic book store, and they're having an argument about comic about comic books. And then uh, Neil Gaiman shows up behind them. He goes, "You know, if you guys are interested in this story, Neil Gaiman wrote blah blah blah," and they all just kind of blow him off. Like, they don't recognize who he is, and they just blow him off. And then he actually tweets about Stewart's comic book store, and suddenly the business is booming. He's like, Neil Gaiman just tweeted about my store. (laughs) And now all of a sudden he's got all these customers and everything, but the whole joke is that Neil Gaiman's hanging out in the store and nobody knows who he is. (laughs) Uh, I, I I find it very hard to believe that none of them would know who he is. Oh, it's not yeah, that they, they don't know, know what he looks like. Is another they don't know what he looks like. That's why it's funny. Oh. Oh. 
So my number, my number four episode is The Empty Child slash The Doctor Dances. It's a Christopher Eccleston episode. It features the debut of Captain Jack Harkness. And one of the best horror, best horror stuff in Doctor Who at the time. And you're not even a horror guy, and you love this episode. And so it's they are they show up in London during the Blitz, and they run into some children that uh, do stuff. And one of the things is, is that the children will um, wait for the alarms to go off, so families will then disappear into their shelter, and they would come in and eat their food. Yeah, and then leave while they're and then when the all clear comes out, people come out and their food's all gone because these drifter kids have eaten their food. Great. Oh, and then there's the part where they catch the where the guy catches the girl and he's like, "You shouldn't. Ah, I know something about you. You shouldn't be able to have this much meat at this time during the war and the blitz. I know why. Because you're fucking the guy, you faggot." And I will tell everybody unless you give me more food. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. And then there's the kid in the gas mask. <laughs> Are you my oh. mommy? Are you my mommy? Are you my mommy? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And then there's like the big cliffhanger. <laughs> it comes back and it's literally just the doctor yells at him to go back to his room. <laughs> and he goes back to his room. <laughs> and everything. Yeah, everyone gets gets sick it's like everyone that gets touched by the kid gets this mark on their hand and then all of a sudden they the gas mask goes out of their face and then they realize oh. it's captain jack's fucking fault because the thing he crashed was a medical thing and they're trying to heal people that are hurt but they got the dna sequencing wrong so they're yeah it like touched some kid who was actually wearing a mask so he thought it was part of their dna so right. he was trying to correct everybody to be the same. So it was literally putting masks on everyone. It just made it more terrifying in the process. Which is more terrifying because the mask comes out of their face when they're getting healed. Oh, when you actually it's see the transformation. Yeah. It's so creepy. Uh, it's creepy. And then the doctor puts together that the girl isn't the sister. It's actually her. The she, mother. She's actually the mother. But they she was super young, so she was yeah. super young, so her parents took her, took the kid as theirs, and had her be the sister. And then he's like, "Wait a second, these are just healing nanites. We could actually fix this." Oh my god! Just this once, Rose. Everyone lives. That's the other great line, too. Yeah. And he's just like, "Come on, nanites! Realize that that's the mother, and then you can fix your human DNA issue." And then you can heal everybody properly, and then it I, does, I, and everyone lives, and it's fucking great. Is that your is that but, your top Eccleston episode? It is not actually. <laughs> really, you know, I think my favorite part of that episode is at the end when the old woman was just like, "Oh, it completely healed me. I I have my leg back. I didn't have a leg before." Oh, yeah, she has a leg now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then what was his excuse for that? I can't remember his line. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's the old doctor, the old town doctor. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that was the other thing, right? Because the old town doctor, like, reveals that he now has the scar and that he is going to slowly start transforming, too. Oh, man. Everything about that is just so fucking great. We're going to now go so old school. 
going to go old so school creepy. now. This is called Genesis of the Daleks with Tom Baker, the fourth doctor. The doctor gets taken to when the Daleks are created by Davros. And we learn all about the war from the perspective of the actual war happening between the Khaled and shit, who the Khaled at war with at the time. Um, and they're becoming the Daleks. And there's a point at the towards the end where the doctor has an opportunity to, if he just touches these two wires together, he will destroy everything. And the Daleks will never happen. And he realizes that it's essentially genocide and he can't do it. Damn. And it's the it's the great conundrum, right? Because he, if he stops the Daleks now, they never become the awful thing that they are. But also, at this point, they haven't become <laughs> the awful thing that they are. And that he's essentially committing pre-genocide. And he can't do it. It's so great. Especially because he, like does this great monologue before while doing it. Cause there's even a scene earlier in there where he is me. He meets Davros and they're talking to each other. And he's like, Davros say you had a, a button and it could destroy all earth and all reality or whatever. And he's like, hell yeah, I hit that button. And he's like, and that's why you're awful. And stuff like that. And then it comes down to the, Oh my God, I'm literally in the situation. I made, I uh, owned Davros on earlier, and I can't do it. It's crazy. It's really good. Old school episode. Doctor Who. Genesis of the Daleks. There's going to be a theme these last three on, because the next one, number two, the Dalek invasion of Earth. This is a first Doctor William Hartnell episode. Nice. So it's not only black and white, it's bad black and white. (laughs) (laughs) No CGI? Oh, hell. (laughs) Listen, I'd rather have puppet bad than CGI bad. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Oh, my God. I will co-sign with that. Yeah, I'd rather have bad miniatures as well. And CGI bad. <laughs> stop and go. Uh, stop go like, animation. Like, yeah, like clearly this is a miniature. Like Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> so the doctor and his crew, which at the time is still the teachers and his granddaughter Susan, uh, they show up in Earth in the future, and they are <clears throat> under a bridge in London. And there's a huge painted on sign saying not to dump bodies into the river. And they're just trying to figure out where they are or whatever. And it ends up being they're in the far future and the Daleks have completely conquered Earth. And there's the infamous scene of the of the um, Daleks over the bridge in London. Going across the bridge. Oh, it's and it's wonderfully shot and wonderfully done. And they end up finding a group of resistance fighters and they do all kinds of stuff. And they find like where there's like a slave camp and they have to deal with getting people out of the slave camp and then fighting Daleks and they do everything. And during all of that, Susan falls in love with an Earth man from the future. And then 
they come to the end and Susan's trying to get into the TARDIS and it won't open for her because the doctor's like, it's time for you to go, child. You are in love. This is where you belong. Goodbye. And Susan stays in the future trying to rebuild humanity after they've conquered the Daleks back. Also, this is also the weird point where it was still technically a child's education show. So there is a part where there are where some of them are captured by the Daleks. And how do they get out? By learning about magnets. <laughs> but how do they work? So they, they, <laughs> that's what they do. Oh, it has a secret special blocking mechanism. Ah, oh, but if we do this, we can manipulate it magnetically. And, and it's like, oh my goodness, it's like a full magnet lesson in the middle of an episode. Second great. So many iconic scenes, so many iconic shots. Ugh. Especially them going over the bridge. Fantastic. And then he just leaves his granddaughter behind. But she's in love, so she'll be up. We believe. And my number one episode is a Christopher Eccleston episode. It is entitled Dalek. That's it. Very original. It's Very creative. Dalek. I can see it's why 15 a- years later the reboot was so successful. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reintroduction to the Daleks to the modern audience. Yes. Yeah. This is so the Doctor and Rose, after being on that space station, go to um, end up here. This is the first time they're at the space station, I think, right? They go there like twice. Anyway, um, they end up somewhere in Utah where some rich prick has a whole bunch of stuff. And they're like, how did you get in here? Blah, blah, blah. Well, and they learn that there's a Dalek in there. And then you realize how full of hate the doctor is with the Daleks. And then the Dalek's like, you would make an excellent Dalek. And he's like, oh, shit. And then. Rose is like trying to talk to the Dalek and realizing like what's why it's messed up and stuff, and she accidentally touches it. And because she's been through time and space, the energy heals the Dalek, and the Dalek starts killing motherfuckers. And then they're like, "Well, at least we're upstairs. It can't go upstairs, bitch." They got retro rockets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like freaking uh, Michael Myers. Though it's super slow, but it just kills everything in its path. And then you realize, like, one Dalek is enough to destroy the Earth. Yeah. But then the Dalek realizes that, wait, like, what are feelings? <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it started to pick up, uh, it started to pick up her, yeah. Because it was Rose that did it, and he's like, what are feelings, man? And it kills itself. Because it feels it's infected, and it's bad, or whatever. Yep. But not before killing almost everybody. <laughs> Rich Prick deserves it. It's such a great one because it has some some good horror moments and reintroduces the Daleks and lets you know, yeah, it's that bad. Excellent. Also, it also leads to a thing that I was talking about earlier with Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, where the Daleks and the Cybermen are fighting, and they're like with the Cybermen and the Daleks are talking to each other. And they're like, there is one thing Cybermen are better at than Daleks. And like, what is that? 
you're better at dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's like, a classic line, too. One Dalek could do more than a thousand Cybermen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even, doesn't even get cocky. It's like, it only takes one Dalek to wipe out the Cybermen, because they truly yeah. believe that. William would take one Dalek. What's the episode where we find out what a Dalek actually is? And it's like this weird, like one-eyed creature. It's I, actually I think like they were transformed tiny. into that, right? Like they were, they were yeah. like a race of people at some point, and then they took out. Yeah, they were the Dalek, and they were humanoid. They were pretty much just straight up humans. Yeah, but they took everything that made them humane. They took them, took that out, so they become squid things. That's like early Doctor Who stuff. It's like that's like Tom Baker stuff that we learn about that kind of stuff. Yeah, there it is. Three Dalek stories to top it off. Oh man, good job, guys! So, so you we really like top... the Daleks then? You really like the Daleks? No, they are the number one enemy for a reason. That's true. You have a Dalek Christmas ornament on our tree. I just okay from from the words of one of my friends who's uh. Who's seen the show? I just have a hard time being afraid of a moving trash can. <laughs> <laughs> because at the time he worked in uh, in uh, Tomorrowland, and you remember the uh, robot trash can that's over there, the talking trash can. Yeah, it had a name. Yeah, I can't remember the name either. But he's just like I. I can't really be afraid of that thing. I just want to put stuff in, uh, throw stuff away. <laughs> He compared it to like push. a moving Roomba. Push. Was it push? Push. Talking trash can. Hey, you want to hear a funny story about a, about a Roomba? Uh, yeah. Not Always. an actual Roomba, but we got one of those vacuums. And we let it loose in the house and Perry attacked it. And it became very obvious we were going to have to just return it. Because we physically can't have a vacuum like that. Because we have Perry. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> that makes me very happy to know this story. <laughs> as, as somebody who's had one of his shoes eaten by my cat. <laughs> I was like, Eric can uh, relate to this. <laughs> Remember, you were just like, and it was the best part was you were so casual about it. You're like, oh, Perry ate my shoe. And we walk in, he had like toward the insole out. <laughs> And my wife is flipping out on him. And meanwhile, you're just giggling. You're like, well, I need a new shoes anyway. It's okay. So what did you do that day? Or, you know, like after that, like, did you just have to wear a torn up shoe for a couple of days? No, like I was legit about to buy shoes. So it wasn't a big deal for me. I just thought it was super funny that the the day that I was just like, I'll probably buy some shoes on the way home. Perry was just like, I'll help you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm happy with that. It's very helpful. My favorite was when our uh, our our old coworker Susie was our roommate for that year, and she like went to go do her laundry. She left the basket on the on the on the washing machine, and when she slid the doors open, she had a heart attack because Perry was in her laundry basket. <laughs> Because he figured out how to open up the little sliding doors to get to where the the washer and dryer were and would just hang out in there. And he would also wow. give her heart attacks because he would just be laying on the kitchen counter. She'd go to the kitchen, switch the light on, and there would just be a cat there. It's like he seriously almost gave me a heart attack several times. I'm like, well, 
That's Perry for you. Man, I miss your cats. They were so chill. They still are. They're just, you know. They're, they're also still, they're trying to murder each other. They're also still jerks. but that's, I mean, all cats no. are. All cats are. But I think it was kind of like, I feel like your cats opened up to me pretty fast, actually. They open up. They will open up to you. You just have to, as long as you're not actively trying to corner them or be aggressive towards them, if you just come into the house and chill and let them warm up to you, you will become their best friend instantly. And they actually do like people. That's the thing. Like, they do like people. You just, they have to like you on their terms. You can't use your terms. You can't walk in and be like, oh, kitty, I'm going to go, I'm going to go chase the cat now because that's not going to work. You have to let them come to you. But if you do that, you will make a friend. You'll make two friends. See, I don't understand people about that because that doesn't work with almost all cats. Like, yeah. you can't just go right, run right to a cat and be like, we're going to be friends. You got to. Yeah, people don't. I don't think I just people just don't get that because. I, because the cats thing is, is they want to be a cat friend, but they don't know how to be a cat. It's really well, weird. Cats, cats and dogs are very common pets. They're the most common pets. And I think people. There are some people out there who I think just have that in their head that, like, they're the same animal when they're distinctly not the same animal in any way, shape, or form. Even though some of them think they are the same animal. I'm talking exactly. About like, I've seen some dogs thinking, oh, this is a dog. Like, no, don't go up to that cat. It's going to scratch the shit out of you. <laughs> My other favorite is... Uh, when your cat, the cat acts like a dog, like Perry has dog-like qualities. He sits for treats. Shannon taught him how to do that. He greets you at the door excitedly, like a puppy would. Lily doesn't care. Lily doesn't even raise her head up. She gives you a dirty look because you're making noise. Lily is more cat. But I think my God, maybe these freaking cats, they, uh, they're very entertaining. That's for sure. They uh, they give us joy. My favorite thing I've ever seen about cats is uh, somebody had written this thing where they're just like, cats are actually nature's perfect killing machines, but they only weigh eight pounds and we keep picking them up and kissing them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but that is like so true because they really are like a perfect, a perfect predator carnivore. And yet... And I, I say that to Lily all the time because she's the one that hates being held the most. And I'll just pick her up and just hold her. And she'll just look at me with this look like, how dare you? And I'm like, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, you may be nature's perfect killing machine, but you have no power right now. And I bet that <laughs> just bugs the hell out of you. <laughs> like if I wasn't eight pounds. And <laughs> but you are eight pounds. So now it's going to smother you with kisses. <laughs> Oh, they hate that so much. And I do it all the time because I can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So I feel like we should play the uh, entertainment challenge. Who who took care of that this week? I got it. You it's got my it? thing. It's my thing. It's I'll take thing. care okay. of it. All right. So we're going to come up with some new franchise sports teams out there. Uh, but we're only going to come up with six because that's as many entries as we got. Is this game like, do people just like not like the idea behind this game? Like, if you guys aren't into it, we don't have to do it. But at least six of you are into it. So, Or, uh, or maybe the, people are getting it 
to it right away because I know our podcast is pretty long and probably finish it up like later on in the week. We try to do this pretty early. Maybe we should uh, reformat it and do do this first thing, the entertainment challenge. That way, people Maybe. more people know about it. Maybe. Maybe. That's a possibility. We can we can open the show with it. We can we can bookend stuff. When we do wrong answer Jeopardy, we can put that more towards the end of the show. Yeah. So we can. Okay, that's fair. All right. So um, the idea was you had to come up with a brand new sports franchise for a city. So it could either be a city without a franchise or you could add a franchise to a city that was missing it. For example, if. If a city doesn't have a soccer team, you could create one for it. They've got the other sports covered. And you could name it whatever you wanted. They could be funny, clever, whatever. You ready? Ready for some sports franchises? Mm-hmm. When, uh, yep. I also <laughs> kind of feel like in this case, Eric is the least sports ball guy in our yes. group. Yeah, but yes. again, I think it's a way to dunk on towns and cities. And right, exactly. So... We'll start with a loyal patron of the show, Randy Moyer, who came up with a new baseball team, the Louisville Sluggers. And that's just freaking perfect. Isn't that like the name of a minor league team? <laughs> On top of being, you know, is it? Baseball brand, baseball bat brand. Uh, let's find out. Well, we know it's the, uh, you know, it's the bat. It's also a hotel. <laughs> Wait, they got a hotel that's called Sluggers? Louisville Sluggers Field, the cheapest hotel prices. That might have also okay. just been an ad. I don't believe this is... Uh, there it is, Louisville Slugger, Louis Sluggers of Louisville. Is this a team? I can't tell. The Louisville Slugger Warriors softball team? Yeah, no, this isn't actually a team. Which means makes it all the more reason why it should exist. Hmm. The the team is the Louisville Bats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That and it's it's a it's a mammal bat carrying a baseball bat as its logo. Oh God! Their current baseball team is already a pun. <laughs> yup. When it comes to minor league teams, like you, you realize like how many major league teams have not great names. It's, I mean, it really is. Yeah. There's 90, 90 more teams underneath that that have to come up with names. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Do you guys? Did I tell any of you guys about the Skylanders? No. Okay, do you know what Skylanders are? Do you know that that toy franchise, what spawned the uh, the whole deal where, like, you can collect the toys but make them part of the video game? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. It's kind of like the um, Disney's Infinity thing. Yeah, and then also they did the Lego Dimensions. Was like- right. So the Skylanders were the name of the minor league baseball team that took over in Sussex County, New Jersey, where I grew up, after the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals Super A team left you know the single a the bottom yeah the bottom bottom uh they they moved and we got the skylanders and i heard this story because my old co-worker who worked at the community college that i went to when i I also worked at my community college too um he had a skylanders figure in his office and i was like 
oh, did you get that because of the old team name? Because they had switched to something else. I don't even remember what they're called now. And he gives me this look. He goes, you don't know the story, do you? So the basic gist was that video game company actually contacted the school to try and buy the rights to the name Skylander for the video game franchise. And they were going to get a cut of it. And either the dean or whoever, whatever bigwig, turned the offer down. So they went ahead and did it anyway, copyrighted it, and then forced them to change their name. So they could have made money off of that. And they didn't because they were stupid. Wow. Yeah, he put the he put the figure on his desk to be a reminder as to how stupid the situation was. Remember remember vitamin water? I do remember yeah. vitamin water. When they were just starting, they went to Burn Dairy, which is a which is a, a like a convenience store. Um just a series of convenience stores in New York where where I grew up. And my mother was like uh, one of the people there. And they wanted to do an exclusive deal to sell it only at Burned Dairy. They turned it down. It's awesome. And then vitamin water was like the most popular drink in the world for five years after that. (laughs) I feel like there's a a similar situation with Red Bull. I think something similar like that happened where they try to get like exclusivity or whatever somewhere. And they turn them down. And now look at Red Bull. You go to a fucking yeah. gas station, it's like 5 or $6 a can. So if I have an idea and somebody comes to me, they're like, I want to use that. I want to use your idea and I will give you money for it. I am going to whip out a fucking contract. Be like, shut up and take my money. I'm going to be like, let me see the contract. I'm going to call my buddy, Andrew, who's a lawyer. I'm going to be like, review this and make sure it's good. And as soon as he gives me the thumbs up, I'm going to be like, there you go. I'm signing it and I will give you a cut. Yeah, I'd be like, well, you're going to give me... I want like X amount of money now. And if something happens and it blows up, I want a percentage once it hits. I want a percentage. Yeah. Correct. Right. Then I would I would like the percentage and then we're good. And I don't care if they make bank off of it and they're pocketing the money. I'm still getting part of it. So it's win win. The way that I want- would, like I would do it is I would be like, okay, if it's exclusive to my store or whatever, then I only want 1% of the profits. But if you decide to split and open up to other areas, then uh, I want 5% of the profits for the next, like, let's say 10 years. That way, you know, you're getting some fucking money out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, the biggest, the biggest fuck up there of all time was uh yes Star yeah, Wars. Wars is gonna be a bust. So no, you, Netflix you go ahead and have <laughs> Where Blockbuster right? turned down Netflix. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's another one. There you go. All right. So Louisville Sluggers is clever enough and it does not exist, which it should, so I'm gonna give this a point. Obviously, yes. Okay. Well I know nothing about sports, but you seem to like it, so I will go with you guys as well. <laughs> so Randy Randy gets three points because we convinced Eric to get to work over his point. So there you go. All right, let's let's visit our friend Brian James Leon, known as Mancubus and Among Us. No points. It's- Wow. I'm just kidding. All right, continue. So he came up with a hockey team that he would love to see get beaten to a pulp. The Clearwater Florida Scientologists. 
<laughs> just I because he wants to point. see the Scientologists get the shit kicked out of them. Point, I've been to Clearwater, and it's pretty accurate. Yep, point from me. <laughs> I've is seen that, that giant building. Too. I have a picture of it. I, is that a big Scientologist? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's like I, have a, LA. <laughs> I have a picture of the building. The, the big the big Scientologist building. I took a picture of it because I thought it was funny. Does it have windows? Because my first time going to Clearwater was with Shannon at our very first Valentine's Day. Because, you know, we were a new couple, so we were paying attention to that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is funny. I'm going to take a picture of this. And little did I know what Scientology and Clearwater actually had going for them. So, yes, that's a point from me and a point from Eric. Sure. I, I, and I we like, convinced Dan. It, <laughs> like, it has to be because, like, why pick there, right? Like, Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, trust me. There was a and, – and it's a hockey team, so we get to see Shorzy mess them up. Eric doesn't get that joke. Nope. Nope. You need to watch Letter Kenny. God damn it. You would love it. It's right up your alley. Dude, I actually started watching um, – I, I saw a few YouTube clips because I wanted to see what I was going to get myself into. And I started dying laughing. And I'm like, all right, I need to start from like – Yes, you do. Laughing. And you will have the same reaction as everybody else had where they're like, why did I sleep on this for so long? Because <laughs> I remember I watched the first two episodes and I didn't think I was liking it that much. And I took a little break and then people were like, oh, give it another try. And then I rewatched the first two episodes and I'm like, why didn't I like this? I must have been distracted or something the first time because I ended up loving it. And then I watched the whole freaking series. And it is it is fantastic. So are they still making new episodes of that? The last new season just came out uh, on Boxing Day. Oh, OK. So it's still going. It's, it's still, still going. Still okay. going. Yeah. Well, we 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 freaking Americans on Hulu got it on Boxing Day, but the uh, the Canadians got it because it's a Canadian show. They got it on Christmas Day on Crackle. It's a Canadian show. That's I think that's even funnier. Yeah, the whole concept. Yeah, the whole concept of the show is it's about the three main stereotypes in a small Canadian town: the uh, the Hicks, the Skids, and the hockey players. And it's okay. hysterical. It's one of the most quotable shows of all time. And that's how we, we actually started nicknaming Dan Squirrely Dan as a result. There was like a two week span when I called you Squirrely Dan and then I just haven't done that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> what about what I- Mr. Hockey? You could suck my Mr. Cocky. Oh my God. It's the most quotable fucking show ever. <laughs> Gretz is the best player for you piece of shit. <laughs> i think the uh the 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 one episode or skit that i saw was um i i don't know any of their names so this is just gonna come out bad but they were talking about like what they do with their partners or whatever and one of them was just like oh yeah my wife put something in my butt and i yep, liked it best cold <laughs> open ever when squirrel, <laughs> with, with, when they're playing catch, and then yeah, and then they stop, and they just turn to each other like you're nope. You ever have a woman's pays attentions to your butts hole, <laughs> <laughs> and they just start playing catch with each other instead? <laughs> oh man! And the whole and like actually, meet that character that puts the finger in his butt hole. Season, uh, yeah. <laughs> you actually do meet her, yeah. Oh, Professor, it's, it's, Professor Trish's 
Yeah, he's, he's Professor Trisha's. It's, it's so fucking great. <laughs> <clears throat> so our next entertainment challenge sports franchise comes from race nerd podcast host Matt Hardman. Who came up with the Las Vegas Lone Sharks baseball team managed by Pete Rose. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Even Eric gets that. Okay. <laughs> I like that one. That's a point. Point for me. because I understand. Yes. I, I understood <laughs> that. All right, Cap. I understood that reference. Yes, because it was a Wizard of Oz reference. I understood that reference. Yes, we get it. Cap is an old man. Ah, yes, the Lone Sharks. Okay, that's three points. We're now halfway through. <laughs> so, uh, Jay Winger, host of the the uh, oh my Board god, to death binge Board cast. To death binge cast. I always I call, almost called it the binge nerd <laughs> cast. I'm like, god damn it. I will get That's, this right for these days. You know, what you should do is to just mispronounce it every single time. Just call it something different every single time you get on the show. Jay Winga, yes. <laughs> uh, Sorry, here with the Binge Binge Boys. I don't know what sport this is, but the team name is the Washington, D.C. Redacted. Man, now, this is that search history thing that I put on the fucking... I gotta look up a word. <laughs> You don't know what redacted means? No. I, I grew up in Florida. <laughs> oh, man, Eric, I feel so bad right now. This reminds me of when, like, our wrestling team went to Tennessee for a tournament and they're, like, had to go to classes because they were there for a whole week. And they're like, so what does one of our guests think? And they're in English class. And he's like, well, we're reading To Kill a Mockingbird at our school. And they're like, oh, that's college material. Okay. Is it? We read that in high school. That's not the definition. <laughs> Go ahead and reread the Washington, oh, D.C. Redacted. <laughs> the team name is the Washington, D.C. Redacted. Okay, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's blacked out, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So we'll go ahead and give that a I point. Think the for funnier Eric. part about that is that, like, literally, it like it shows up as blacked out stuff, and I'm like, "Why the fuck did they black it out?" And then I realize, "Oh, I got it. That's the joke. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke. That That's was the funny. joke. Maybe you are a homosexuals. <laughs> what the fuck? Simpsons references, Eric. Come on. That was the joke. What season? Actually, Dan just combined two Simpsons jokes into one. He just combined the uh, the brick wall joke, where McBain McBain's performing comedy for ninety minutes with the critic crossover, with the uh, the opening scene of Cape Fear from. Yeah, it's sad that I know this. It really is like this is wow. like it is it's <coughs> the McBain like Tonight Show. It's like oh. yeah, Look at you, Scoey, wearing that sweater. You look like a homosexual. And the audience starts booing, and then he goes, maybe you are all homosexuals, and they boo even harder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so is that a point from everybody, then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, guess who's stepping up to the plate for our penultimate entry? It's Hannah. Uh Uh-oh. 
I saw her proclamation that it will not be sexual or or uh, continue the story. I'm gonna let you decide. This is a no new hockey team. Hannah. <laughs> this is a new hockey team, the Nantucket Puckets. I don't know. I mean, I once knew a man from Nantucket. <laughs> See, it rhymes, so I like it. But do I really like it? Oof. That's the oops right there. I mean, Kirby Puckett's dead. So, I like it. I'm giving it a point. I mean, it's a fun rhyme, but it's not really that funny, though. I don't think it's going to win for me, but I still liked it. I like it because it rhymes. If this was the old game, I would give it but it's not a thing anymore. Nope. And nobody on the, so, listening to this show probably knows what that is unless they listen to that show. So, I don't know. I, I don't think I can give a point to this one. I'm sorry, Hannah. Oh. Damn. Okay. Uh, Dan, what was your verdict? Yes, that's going to be a no okay. for me, dog. Holy crap. All right, so Hannah gets one point this week, and it's for me. All right, Hannah, I think you know what you uh, have to do. Everything. Uh, you did. <laughs> yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> that was so intentional and you know it Everything what happened to the dirty good. jokes <laughs> no. everything's got to be a sex thing now yeah tuck no, it, no, it that is it. a dirty joke no it isn't oh, oh because it was a swear word pun and not just a sexual pun oh okay I see <laughs> yeah sons of bitches alright let's do our last one here and then this comes from friend of the show published author and host of two podcasts here on this network Jeff Trelowitz, another former co-worker of Eric and I. And it's another new hockey team, the Reno Hookers. He's talking about fishing, right? Yeah, that's, that's totally what he's uh, talking about. Because Reno, Nevada, here are lots of great fishing locations, I'm sure. Is it legal Tahoe. there? I can't what? remember if that's uh, one of the legal places. Uh, it's legal everywhere yeah. except for in the actual city of Las Vegas. That's why there is a famous one just on the outskirts. Correct. <laughs> uh, okay. So state, yes. City of Las Vegas, no. I feel like there's a better way that they can make money, but yeah, I'll give it to them. Yeah, so there's a hockey team, like a professional NHL hockey team, women, ladies, so Eric. Just to make sure I heard you correctly, you just said you're going to give it to the hookers? No, I gave it to Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, you got my number. No, oh, you're going to give it to Jeff? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good night, everybody. Jeff, come back on the show, buddy. Come back on the show. <laughs> yeah, Eric wants to give it to you. That's <laughs> going to give it to you. All right, I'm giving it a point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything got a point from me this week. So you guys did you guys did well. But now we gotta choose our winners. Mm. Um I'm not sure who it was, but they had they made me look up redacted. Yeah, that was Jay uh, Winger, yes, redacted. Okay, so it was double funny for me on that level, so I have to go <laughs> Eric awards his victory to Jay Winger. Dan? Who gets your bonus point? Shit. Um Choices were the Louisville Sluggers, the Clearwater, Florida Scientologists. might do the Scientologists. Scientologists gets, Brian gets it. And I am going to co-sign on the Scientologists because. Okay. It's 100% I, I, accurate. <laughs> it it, it really is. That's a scary thing. Also, Brian's from Minnesota. I don't know how much he knows Clearwater, but he certainly knew that at least. 
So like a a hundred percent. I don't know. Is it like a national thing? Do people know of like, hey, if you're gonna be a Scientologist, move to Clearwater, or be in LA, right? <laughs> I mean, they might. I actually like like I said, I I legitimately don't know. There. I mean, maybe he just wanted to duck on Scientologist and looked up where Scientology. And I'm are. perfectly fine with that. <laughs> So I know. Okay, took, so I know someone. He knew that we lived in Florida. He took a shot, and he made that fucking. He he made the shot. Someone's gonna it. be a dick and point this out. So I'll go ahead and say it first. Yes, I'm aware that religion is not a topic we discuss on this channel, but that's why we mentioned Scientology. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. <laughs> For all hate mail, please send it to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> So I've just updated our points. Hannah and Jeff are currently tied in first place with 11. Jay Winger is in third place or uh, second place with uh, 10. And then tied for third are Matt Hardman and Randy Moyer with nine each with Brian right behind them with eight. That's followed by Don, who has six. Adrian, who has five. Chris Decker and Matt Randall have three, and Jason Shin and Obed have two. So remember, your points add up throughout the year. You must continue to play to get more points. Continue playing. Everyone play. 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 Play, damn it. Yeah, I'm actually having a lot of fun doing this. I love judging people. We need more. That's just it. We need more. We need more players. So before we start to wrap up for this week, uh, once again, want to remind everybody that with the entertainment challenge, we take suggestions if you have a game idea and we take your top 10 challenges. If anybody wants to challenge Eric or Dan for another top 10 or challenge me for one, and we can also challenge each other. So, and we could play some more wrong answer Jeopardy for feeling up to it which I know that some people have been very much enjoying and some people want to come on the show specifically to play it, which we're totally cool with. But before we wrap up this week, I just wanted to touch on a small handful of uh, nerd table things that I thought would be kind of interesting in the world of nerd culture. The old TV show Dinosaurs has finally debuted on Disney+. Plus. I did see that show up, yes. As it... I used to watch that show quite a bit and as much fun as it is, I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's uh, it aged as well as it could have. What show are we talking about again? Dinosaurs with the baby, not the mama. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. I love that they they canceled the show and they're like, well, how are we going to end the show? How the fuck, how are they going to end a television show about dinosaurs? I wonder how. (laughs) <laughs> Mass extinction. Best oh. <laughs> ending ever. That's freaking depressing. <laughs> yeah. If I knew I was going to get canceled, that's how I do that shit. Fuck it. Let everybody get depressed. That's what you get. Fuckers cancel my get. show. <laughs> there you get. Um, I, th- it's an old meme, but it was posted in the group. So I wanted to point out that Ewan McGregor's brother, Colin, is a pilot for the Royal Air Force and his aviator nickname is OB2. Yep. And that might nice. be the greatest thing ever. Nice. He must so, hate it. He's got to hate it. No, he probably loves it. 
And then anything else happen in nerd news this week that you guys wanted to touch Wait, on? Did you guys see WandaVision? We always watch the new episode after we record this. Oh, man. By the time the show airs, I will have seen it. I haven't seen any of it yet. So. It's the best episode yet, and the opening is just, oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, um, I... I have... Go ahead. Oh, I have a few things. Uh, so, what we talked about earlier, I do uh, get a hold of some people to figure out about selling <clears throat> games and whatnot. So, I'm working on getting my uh, reseller license and whatnot. But I do have a couple of games available if anybody wants them. Brand new copies of uh, some past like AAA games. So I have DSX uh, and I also have uh, Skyrim available uh, for 15 bucks. But I, do- I haven't set up any of the shops yet, but I am getting games in. So there's that. There you go. Yeah. And uh, no trade-ins. Speaking of trade-ins, should we mention GameStop? We kind of already did, but <laughs> but yeah. Uh, let's just remember, everybody. GameStop has a history of not being fair for trading. <laughs> so yeah, this is a hundred percent accurate. It really gamers is. know this way too well, and it just it boggles my mind that hedge fund uh, hedge fund managers are just now figuring this out too. The, the internet has, uh, between 4chan and Reddit, do not underestimate the power of the internet. 4chan- I'm surprised it took them this long to realize how easy it is to mess with the stock market. Like, I knew that shit in high school. And again, I was a business major, so because I had to get out of sign language because the teacher was a total B. Right. Um, but, like, as far as the, the trading goes, how many of these stocks have you ever saw that have been shorted a hundred and fourteen percent of the stocks, like literally more stocks than exist. A hundred and fourteen percent. Crazy. It's so crazy, but I. Well, like, you realize? Okay, so <clears throat> if if you want to make a stock be worth a thousand dollars, do you know what you have to do? Yeah, just hold. <laughs> Find someone that is willing to buy one, buy it for a thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, basically. And then that stock is now worth $1,000. Yeah, basically. Now you have to buy like 100 shares of stock in it so it becomes $100,000. <laughs> 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 um, but that's it. That's it. And so it's super easy to get GameStop to go from 10 bucks to 300 bucks. You just got to get somebody willing to pay it up. And... They were. They're trying to tank a specific hedge fund, and so they're hitting those uh, ones. And uh, crazy. Yeah, it is funny that they they are memeing, like completing a meme because it's companies that are going to be dead soon that they're doing it to. They're doing it to AMC theaters. They're doing it to GameStop. Do you think GameStop will be dead soon? Unless they go, unless they completely. Uh, shake care retro stuff. Yes. I think they will hold on at least until the next generation of consoles. And my my only reason for thinking this is because of physical media. People are still going to want to buy physical copies of their games. And I know you can get them at Walmart and Best Buy, but GameStop has always had a bigger selection than they have. 
See, I went with the I went with the all digital version of PlayStation Five. Yeah, but they still make consoles that accept physical copies. So as long as there's people who have that and want physical copies, then yeah, I would have a hundred percent agreed with you had they just been like the Xbox Series S and the digital version of the PlayStation with no disc drives. I would have been like Game Scrap. Uh, game Game Scrap. GameStop is screwed. Well, and they're also the significantly cheaper one, and you're going to see a lot. Of that one is cheaper because I that's why I got yeah. it. It's a hundred dollars fucking cheaper to not have a disc drive. That's true. There's a difference between being able to buy a console and a couple of games as opposed to just the console. <laughs> Did the price of games go up? By the way, is it now seventy bucks? There is. Uh, uh, it, there are games that will be 70 bucks, but there will also be games that are only 40 bucks. That's like one of the things. This, right. Because Miles Morales was only 50 bucks. Um, so I kind of like the idea because I remember like when the 2K sports games were like, they were like, you know what? We realized that we uh, we come out yearly and there's not much of a difference. So uh, our games are going to be 20 bucks. They did that for like four or five years. Yeah, that was a great time. They're that like, was... our games are going to be 20 bucks. EA is still charging 40 50 And they're doing the same thing we're doing. We, You can't make many changes if you're running it out every year. And they conceded that, and they made the same better game than EA for $40. And then shortly after that, while in the middle of that, EA was like, exclusive license with the NFL. Yeah, nice. that was shitty. <laughs> I remember... So- Go ahead. The like some of my favorite football games were actually the Blitz games. If you remember any of those, yes. Oh, they were so yes. good. Because they were arcade fun. Right. I wish they were more arcade-based sports games. Like I understand the realism and stuff like that, and some people will love. You should that, have a but... choice. You should yeah. have a choice. There should be a franchise of realism, like the show, like MLB the Show, and then there should just be one that's just wacky shit. Yeah. There is a more arcadey baseball game that does have the <laughs> Mario it's baseball. Still, Come on, still kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think that's just it. Like everybody likes that choice. Like, okay, I love playing. Uh, I I love playing the realistic wrestling games to just have fun. But then, like to to sim stuff. But then, God, I love playing Fire Pro because it's just. It's it's like it's a it's a much simpler game because it's basically just Super Nintendo, which makes it a better game. It's not even arcadey. It's just it's actually it's nice. it's, the it's better, a, more realistic game. <laughs> yeah, there are certain games that are more fun than their realistic counterparts, and I believe yep. sports games like NBA Street and um, uh, Blitz, like those arcadey feels especially for video games, feel way better than the the realistic ones. Freaking loves to play in the old NBA Jam. The oh, game yeah, was NBA amazing. Jam? Yeah. It was so much fun. I like both when it comes to most sports games. But when it comes to, like, driving racing games, I like a combination. I find most racing games to be either too arcadey or too realistic. Yeah, like correct. Fun. And, and, I, and for I me, love my Ridge that's racing, perfect. Though. That perfect in-between place for me was the Forza series. And then uh, Microsoft unfucked up with Xbox One. And I'm not with Microsoft anymore. So <laughs> yeah. one of the only things I miss. 
is Forza. The Forza games are great. I like um, Dirt Dirt Rally. Mm. Uh, and um, if you ever get a chance, it's not 100% realistic, obviously. But it, it has that mix of both, right? Like, there, you still got your car specs or whatever. Uh, and then you got your arcadey track scene. I don't know, but I actually love the, the Ridge Racer series. Like, that drifting. It's so ridiculous and over the top. And I love it. I mean, one of my favorite racing games of all time <laughs> is Mario Kart. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Mario Kart so. is the shit. But I feel like there should be more games like that. Uh, as far uh, as far as sports go, we need more arcade-based sport games to come back. Like, uh, right. we don't have any... Like, I mentioned one for baseball and one for basketball... Or, uh, not baseball. Basketball and football. I remember there being a baseball one for the Super Nintendo, and I can't remember what the name is. But I've never heard of one for soccer. All we got is FIFA. We had yeah, Mega Man we soccer. Good FIFA Street. At least we had like the street version. I, I heard it well, was still kind of actually. Wasn't there though. a wasn't there a soccer game that had like some crazy stuff going on? I mean, all, outside of Nintendo, everything? I can't think of any. Nintendo always has their sports, right? But like, that's the only. They thing. Have the, I didn't think like, like, Mario and friends play the sport. Game. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think mean the Mario games, but I thought there was like a soccer game that had some crazy crazy arcade style stuff happening and people really liked it i can't i can't think of it they should make um you ever seen the shaolin soccer movie i have not or heard of it no oh my god uh so check out um i've heard of the movie yes but not you you don't have to watch the whole thing but if you ever wanted to know what a live action dragon ball z movie would have been Check out Shaolin Soccer. Isn't it like they made like a Kung Fu movie, but it's about soccer? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And good God, when you when you watch it, you're just like, this is everything that DBZ could have been in a live action film. And then we got evolution instead. I just want you to remember that. Um, but I feel like something similar to that as a soccer game would have been fucking great. Oh, you know what? No, we we actually do have one. I guess you can call Rocket League. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, like, kinda. It's it's its own gimmick, you know. I actually kinda just counts. started playing that game this week. <laughs> Rocket League, it's so much yeah. fun. It's just I I never feel like I know what I'm doing. I always know what I'm doing. I just can never do it. I right. always jump either too high or too low, and or or I end up like. Oh, I wasn't holding up on my stick. I was holding left. And so instead of hitting it forward, I hit it to the side. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> so I have uh, a story to close out this week's show, but I'm going to let Dan uh, Dan choose if he actually wants to tell it or not. But oh God, because I'm not I'm not I don't remember if you told this on air or if you told it as like a as like a side thing, but. It coordinates to Splash Mountain. Do you uh, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I told it on uh, something we recorded yesterday. That was definitely. Okay. Do, you have to tell Eric, though, because Eric needs to know this. Okay. Do you remember like four, three, four years ago, there was the viral picture of the woman on Splash Mountain that had like her arms crossed and she was upset? Yes. 
well, I kind of know her because her husband is one of the is a major um, vinyl record guy with, in one of the groups I'm in. Wait, so, so you actually like, know the person? Yes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> no, the story goes they were there at Disney, and something happened, and he had to leave, and she had to go by herself. And she was fucking pissed about it. So, so did she go on all these rides angry, just arms crossed? She went on all of them. But he had to like leave and take a phone call or something, or something happened. He had to leave and she had to go by herself. And she was not happy with it. <laughs> oh my god. Why'd she go? <laughs> I just love that we kind of brought that up. Uh, oh, that, was on, that was definitely during some stupid sexy podcast. Does she know yeah. that she became a meme? Yes. And how does she feel about that? Probably not super enthused, but also kind of like, well, I'm a thing, right? So, God, that, I love that's... the... Uh, I freaking love the... Um, the Splash Mountain, when you just look up like the Splash Mountain memes, the photos, and some of them are just so funny. You, have you seen the rocks photo on Splash Mountain? What? No. Oh, yeah. Look up the rock on Splash Mountain. He's just he's got like the giant flex going on. He's just like super happy. He's in the front row flexing in his tank top. Just love just loving the attention. But some of them are hysterical. And you you know it's because they're they're at Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, so they came into the park dressed up. And that's how they got this picture. But they've got the one where like everybody's got it's like a fancy dinner going on. The one guy's the butler, and they're like they're like have champagne glasses, they're toasting. There's the one where they've got the uh, the portable screen and they're playing like Smash Brothers or Mario Kart with a GameCube. All these Splash Mountain photos are ridiculous. Angry Splash Mountain lady added four years ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> yep. That's cool, man. I didn't. The 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 yep. fact that you know somebody who's a meme. Yeah, her name is Jordan. <laughs> we tried to get. One of my friends posted a really <laughs> Please tell me she what bought that picture. I want I, I hope she bought that picture. She better have it. Oh my god. She needs to go back to like Disney better archive that shit and be like, I want this picture. I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. Some of the some of those ride photos are friggin' great. We should do a video show on on YouTube where we just pull up ride photos, like we'll find a collection of them and then we'll just react to them. Kind of like how we would do the other uh, 20 pictures thing. Just react to the photos as we pull them up. Just funny ride pictures from. We'd have to do that via. Well, you know what? You actually already have OBS, so I feel like we could do a YouTube. That way people can watch the video and see our reactions or at least hear our reactions and you can they can see well, it that's the idea yeah that's what we do with the oh uh, they've changed the story now oh uh, because i remember because when he's like oh yeah that's my wife and blah 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 on this but they've changed the story now oh it's got a new story now yeah it was a long day i had bronchitis she had fucking bronchitis oh my i had a crying baby yeah. and my husband informed me that he doesn't have it in him to write my favorite record. and she did that on purpose God. and but she didn't know where the camera was 
So she pretty much she's did looking the dead at it with the face. She's looking dead at it, <laughs> dead at the camera. So she did like she did the face almost the entire ride to make sure she got the camera. Jesus! Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fucking perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Oh god! If you okay, if you could meet one person involved with a meme, who would you want to meet? If you could meet a meme person. Me a mean person. See, the thing is, like, I could meet her pretty easily. Anytime I was up north, I'd just be like, "Hey, Steve, want to hang out?" <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that would be the easiest one to do, but like, that would also be a thing I could just do. You know, <laughs> I want to. I want to meet the old man, Harold, because he just looks like such a nice guy. And all his memes are depressing. Oh, the, the, yeah, the depressing? Okay, yeah, that guy with the smile on his face. I, never... I feel so what? bad for him. Okay, po- post a picture of the meme that you're talking about, because may, maybe I'm lost. Yeah, I, I will. I kind of want to meet the guy from the guy that did the rap for uh, um, the freaking furniture store. Because the... he's just, a, yeah, Hide the Pain Herald. Isn't he just like a, he's just a, a stock photo guy, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Here I just posted it in the thing for Eric. I want oh, I want to meet the, the, the flea market Montgomery guy. Like a uh, yes, I'd like to meet him. I guess I could just go to Montgomery, Alabama, go to the store if it still exists, and see if he's still there. I think. Let me see if I can do it this way. I don't know what to call this guy. Maybe you guys can help me out with this. That's fine. Let's see him. This guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. He has a name. Like, they've actually identified the actual guy, too. I'd also like to meet Swaggy P himself from the the, the black guy with all the question marks. Oh, yeah. Basketball player. Professional basketball player. (laughs) Yeah, the Swaggy P basketball player. That one's a good one, too. Um, Or the thinking (laughs) guy meme. The one who's pointing at his head. That guy too, yep. Oh yeah. Look up, why the fuck you lying, guy? <laughs> Screw it. Let's just meet Exhibit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> he'd be mad. What? He's like, oh, why'd why? you guys want to meet? Well, you're like the meme of all memes. So we thought Sup, we'd dog? meet you one more time. <laughs> Sup, dog? Like, like why, why? Why you won't see me? Why you want to see X? I'm like, well, sup, dog. I mean, all right. If there was a if there was a celebrity who became a meme that I'd want to meet, it would be Neil deGrasse Tyson because they yeah. turned him into the "We got a badass over here." Yeah, put his arms up in the air. I, mean, I wouldn't that, want to because I'm thinking like after five minutes, I punch him because he's such a jerk. <laughs> who Neil deGrasse Tyson? He's not a jerk. He's not a jerk. <laughs> what? Dude, everything I've ever seen of him made me want to punch him. Oh my god, he's like oh oh. And also, he's still like not a scientist. Point makes you want to punch him within five minutes now too. Oh, listen, are you the same person who wants to guy, like punch Guy Fury in the face? No, actually, I like Guy Fury. It's all a gimmick. Oh it was given to him by Food Network. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't do this anymore. First, you vote for Great Balls and Maven Four, and now you, I can't do this anymore. I have to cancel Dan. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> what the hell? Damn it! I should have. We should have ended the show five minutes earlier. <laughs> I would have still been happy then. Oh, Dan wants to punch the other guy's Tyson. I mean, I know you're not the only person who has that opinion. A lot of people think he's like 
super arrogant because he's a jerk. <laughs> I think he, he comes off as a total <clears throat> because he's super charismatic and he knows his shit. So I, that I means heard that, yeah. Bill Nye is if, out of the two. Bill Nye is the the ass. Of the I, yeah, that's what I said to him right after. I used to be fucking like hero to me pretty much, and now I feel like I just want to punch him too. I just don't get it. Oh, I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not at this happy. point, at this point, out of the newer memes, the person I want to meet the most is Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, he's all about it. Like he th- he thinks it's great. He loves the memes. Of course, he does. Have you met? You know Bernie? what? <laughs> of course, yeah. he you does. You know which guy hates the memes? The man. Man is a meme. Anytime he shows up, it's a meme. Yeah, he's a meme. I'm once again asking. <laughs> uh, yeah the uh, the the guy who was became scumbag Steve hates it he, in the most scumbag way ever. He's like, it's like it's fucking bullshit that I'm a meme. Like, yeah, well, there you go. What about the kid that was like that has the weird face, and they made it into like he's holding a fart or whatever, and it was or like he really likes the girl or whatever. And the story is that he was just making a face to make his friend laugh. Oh, with all the veins popping out. Yeah. Oh it yeah. Like, it makes my friend laugh. And he took a picture of it and he posted it on the internet because it makes him laugh. And there you go. And now it's a meme. And now it's a meme for everything. He tried to go five minutes without telling anybody he's. The, the bad luck Brian kid, he embraced it. The the Goosebumps girl, she embraced it. Oh, great. Like, Goosebumps. Yeah, they love that shit. They, and, I, and I appreciate people, you know, embracing their memehood. And that's why Scumbag Steve can get fucked. He earned his <laughs> memehood. So yeah. fuck him. It's a good way to end the show. What's your favorite meme, guys? Let us know in the comments. Maybe we'll follow up on that. Uh, it's going to wrap up this week's edition of The Nerd Table. Because I'm feeling kind of hungry. I haven't eaten yet. You know what? I'm yeah. okay. Whoa, whoa, nah, whoa. I'm just fucking whoa, with you. I'm whoa, just fucking with you. Whoa. I can oh always eat. First Dan and now you. Who else do I need to cancel today? That's it. <laughs> Everyone's canceled. We made it 25 episodes. It was a good run. <laughs> Hannah's going to cancel us when she finds out she only got one point this week. She can't cancel uh, well, the two. I might be okay. Well, well, but... Hold up. Who's in the lead so far? Uh, you're keeping track of the points? Hannah and Jeff are now tied for first. She no longer has a lead. Oh. Jeff tied her. Uh-oh. So there you go. Uh, that's a it. Comeback story. So, yes, uh, guys, continue to please support our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash CKCC online. Dan does a stream every single day. Uh, remember, we stream Among Us every Saturday starting around 7 p.m. You can check us out there and interact with us. And I'm going to be starting a new stream myself. I just have to, uh, yep, there's Scumbag Steve in the comments that Eric just posted in our little chat here. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, and that's, um, I'm going to be starting something soon. I just have to work out the the semantics of it, figure out a time to do it, because I'm going to stream it live and then put it on YouTube. But we're going to do a, I'm going to stream classic video game stuff for for 30 to 60 minutes, depending on the game, and also chat with people while I play. Actively chatting like we're doing here. It's going to basically be like a video cast. You'll be watching me play the game, but then there'll be people actively talking at the same time. Kind of like what we're doing here. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. First game's going to be Tetris. I wanted to pick something that I can play easily and be kind of mindless. You don't have to like talk about the history of the game or get too distracted in it. Uh, for a good pilot episode to kind of work out how I want things to happen here. But 
I'll let you know what the schedule on that is. I'm thinking maybe that could be like a Wednesday thing. Because I got nothing scheduled on Wednesdays. But again, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Other than that, guys, I think it's time to go eat, hang out, watch stuff. I'm going to go get some lunch, watch WandaVision, and uh, play Among Us tonight. I don't know what you guys got planned. Just going to eat. (laughs) I know what Eric has planned, because Eric has the same stuff planned all the time. So. Eat video games and then sleep. You're gonna eat video games. Gonna literally... I eat video games. He's gonna eat. That, that's why he collects <laughs> Nintendo Switch games. He eats the. That's why he wants the physical versions. That's how I got addicted to mushrooms. Is because of Mario, that bastard. Yeah. Oh, oh video games are bad for you. Oh no. Well, if you eat them, you know what you I'm can't on the wrong eat side of are the Switch games because they taste nasty as fuck. That on purpose, so people wouldn't lick them. Yeah. So people well, started licking them. You succeeded, <laughs> Nintendo. You succeeded. Super Nintendo. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.